Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. This week on the show, Top 5 Movie Franchises. I think when you look at a movie franchise, I think you must have to have at least, is it two movies to be a franchise? I always go with three as a franchise. Yeah, that's what I did when I made my list. But uh, all of mine have more than three in them. I'll just say that. So top five (laughs) movie franchises. Matthew, since you think that you've got it licked, what do you have for your number five? My number five is a wonderful series that should never have happened. Uh, because the initial entry was basically just meant to be kind of a fly-by-night horror film. But somehow the audiences went, holy moly, this is amazing. So my number five is the series of paranormal activity movies. Uh, I believe they've had six or seven films. Uh, Also, there's kind of sort of a sequel that may or may not count that was released in Japan, so maybe eight. Um, but the paranormal activity movies are basically the story of a family that keeps getting more and more haunted by an evil demon. And of course, as always happens, the first one is very mysterious and very moody. And the second one is slightly less mysterious and more explanatory. And by the time you get to the seventh movie, there's this whole lore and, you know, backstory for the demon Toby, which is absolutely ridiculous name for a demon. I would have definitely gone with Tucker or Todd could be a demon dog. Well, I mean, it's a person. Excuse me. Could call. He actually appears on screen. Ted would be a good one. Ted. Yeah. You can't call it demon Ted. Sure, you can. I can think of a lot of people who are evil that name Ted as Teddyus, perhaps. But yeah, you can't just call it demon Ted. But as with so many of these things, uh, first movie is the best. The second movie is the next best. And then you get into weird stuff until about, oh, I don't know, movie six or seven starts being amazing again. Uh, they just uh, last year released a seven, either a seventh or eighth installment. I don't remember. Math is hard. Uh, that I didn't even know was coming out, but it, it came out at a point when the child was not going to school. So we sat and we watched it. And I'm just like, ooh. And then, of course, apparently there's another one coming in 2022. I don't know. But here's the thing. If you watch them in order and you you just sit down and you watch them all in order, it'll be the next day. And that's why it's my number five, the Paranormal Activity Series. And if you watch them uh, in reverse order, it's the day before. If you watch them in reverse order, Toby comes to your house. Nicer. Toby, Toby you, becomes nicer and nicer in each subsequent Serves you a nice, uh, you know, bap, and then you yeah. can be like, hey, can I get hey, a sandwich with speaking this? of hey, here's Rodrigo Lopez. Hello, Rodrigo Lopez. Hey. hey. Wait, what have you got to do with hey? I mean, he's cool like I'm, the Fonz. I'm sitting, I'm sitting on a bale of hay. There you go. As I, as I record this, it is supremely itchy. There you go. <laughs> is that maybe um, a hint to your number five? Uh, I don't think, well, no, I don't think so. Um, the Supremely Itchy so, series of movies. So, yes. Uh, first off, I didn't get the memo that it had to have at least three entries. Um, oh. So, my number five is a two-entry um, franchise. Uh, suggested. Okay. He, he only yells at me on this show. So. Suggested by my wife. Um and uh, I, you know, I, and I agree. I, I hadn't thought about it, but uh, my wife got into a real uh, kick to uh, watch 
uh, Ian McGregor's uh, filmography after we watched Obi-Wan. So we watched Dr. Sleep, but before we watched that, we had to watch The Shining. So, um, you know, The Shining slash Dr. Sleep uh, as a as a little two-hit combo is actually pretty good. They are not similar movies, um, but uh, like all good sequels, they're not trying to be, right? Your uh, Aliens is different from Alien. Alien is a horror movie. Aliens is mostly an action movie. Um, and and so so on, right? So, um, yeah. I, I would say that if you... Like, chances are, if you're listening to this, you've seen The Shining, and you haven't seen Doctor Sleep. I would recommend that if you have seen The Shining, that you watch Doctor Sleep. Um, I think my wife would recommend that if you've read The Shining, that you read Doctor Sleep, and then you can construct your own events of both uh, The Shining and Doctor Sleep um, as the events of both movies, the events of the, the, the initial entries are different. And so some of the events of the following stuff have to also be different to account for the fact that um, the, the shrubbery the, never came yeah, alive. That, that's right. The shrubbery never comes alive. Uh, and, and, you know, characters die that, that didn't die in the book, uh, in the movie. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, yeah, it's just different. So if you want to, if you want to have like a real complex web of, of what's what, then definitely watch and read the shining and Dr. Sleep. There you go. All right. Uh, my number five, I, I don't know how many movies there are in this franchise as of yet, but there's about to be another installment come September as uh, the rings of power hits the, uh, the prime video. I am, of course, talking about the Tolkien movie franchise of the Lord of the Rings slash The Hobbit slash uh, uh, Rings of Power. It's all sorts of crazy Middle Earth. If you like the high fantasy, first of all, if you haven't ever read The Hobbit, you really should take the time and read The Hobbit. It's a very short read. You can probably get done with it in a day, maybe two days uh, over a weekend. It's a great introduction to the world of Tolkien and the and the Middle Earth uh, stuff. And then if you want, you can get into the Lord of the Rings. I'll admit when I read Lord of the Rings, when I was 10, I was halfway through the fellowship and I was like, man, this is way over Ents. my head. Yeah, it's it's too many, uh, too many ants running around. And so I set that aside until the movies came out and then all my friends went nuts. And so you can get the the regular version that you see in the theater. You can go and certainly have seen that or get get it on the regular DVD. Or you can get the extended version that has even more footage. Or you can get the Rodrigo Thanksgiving extravaganza, which apparently if you start on <laughs> Wednesday noon before Thanksgiving and you hit play, by the time that you finish watching all of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies together in their expanded, extended bonus uh, cuts, it will actually be Christmas. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, my number five, uh, the Lord of the Rings, Tolkien trilogy, quadrilogy, syntilogy, whatever it is up to now. It's all it's of that stuff. Trilogy right now. I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, definitely go and see it. Lord Lord of the Rings uh, is my number three. Oh, okay. And why is it your number three? Because it it covers that time between because, Thanksgiving and New Year's. Yep. Uh, so yeah. it's it's a good good moment to to talk about what my decision-making process was for being included in my list. And it was definitely, are there more good movies than bad movies oh, yeah. in this 
or or at least fun movies or or whatever whatever I, the the, listen, the series is trying to do right i i went with you too because there's a movie uh, franchise that is going to be mysteriously absent from my list that everyone's going to say but steven I, and i'm going to say there are more bad movies in that franchise than I, there are good movies in that franchise me as well there were some some uh, some franchises that would seem like an obvious ad but then there's more bad than than good movies so uh yeah uh, I consider the Lord of the Rings trilogy and then the first Hobbit movie to be good. Yeah. I thought the first Hobbit movie was pretty good. Then after that, the Hobbit movies just kind of like roll off the pier onto some barrels for some hilarity down the river. <laughs> now, um, now, when you say first Hobbit movie, you are, of course, talking about the Rankin-Bass uh, uh, version, right? I mean, that's the, that's the other thing is like um, some stuff I didn't include. It's like I thought about uh, something that's not on my list. Uh, the Lion King. Oh yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, if I do the Lion King, do uh, am I just doing movies? So I'm not counting the Timon and Pumbaa show or the Lion Guard. So it's like Lion King, Lion King two. I mean, Lion King's Lion a King franchise. One and a half. King one and it, a half. Yeah. yeah, but then, but then I also have to include the live action Lion King, right? Right. Yeah, and, so, the, and, so yeah. Then, yeah. and the stage so then and that, the Broadway play. Well, do you have to? Well, but those aren't movies. No, though. they're not movies. That's what we're talking about. Right. It's movie first. Doesn't yeah, it yeah. have like a Just, Return of Jafar straight to video sequel too? Uh, the Lion Guard has Scar come back, so oh. that might have been like a multiple episode thing where he comes back as like a fire ghost. Um, why do I know so much about the Lion Guard? Because I uh, used to watch a lot of Disney Channel for work. Um, yeah, uh, but but. Yeah, so again, trying to put this together, I, I didn't include the Lion King because the live action Lion King is so bad that I'm like, I can't bring myself to like defend it. Right. So, anyway, Lord of the Rings for me, too. Just talking a little bit about my process. Okay. And then, um, yeah, okay. Yes, that is very good and threw me off our count, but it does Sorry. bring us to our number four. Matthew, what do you have for your number four? My number four is actually. All of these, honestly, are among my favorites. But this may be one of my favorite movie franchises for literally my entire life. Because when I was a kid, see, folks, when when Stephen and I were kids, there was nothing to do in the summer. So there was our a lot local, of things to do during the summer. Our local you could movie go, theater, uh, you could go goof around. You could do shenanigans. You, sometimes you could mess around. High jinks. You, you could do nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could you could get arrested. Um, but uh, our local movie theater on Saturdays would be like, all right, we've got air conditioning. Send your punks in here for like a buck. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll make out like bandits on the uh, concession stand. And so I saw when I was maybe five or six, one of my very favorite movies of all time. And that movie began a franchise. And that movie was called Herbie colon, the love bug. And it's the story of an adorable little machine whose backstory at one point was apparently that he was created by the literal Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if any of that was canon or not. But throughout that first film, Herbie the Love Bug was basically just trying to, you know, make a man rich, apparently, because a guy said, Hey, you're my new race car. And, uh, you know, his mechanic was like, We're just going to get it drunk and we're going to race this car. And, uh, you know, it actually, uh, Herbie wins the race by placing first and third because the bad guy actually cut him in half right before the finish line. So the rear half of the car, which has the engine, came in first. 
and the never mind. It's a long story, but nonetheless, uh, Herbie, he's this Volkswagen Beetle, goes around, came back a few years later with Herbie Rides Again, which is interesting because I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it literally stars First Lady of the American Stage Helen Hayes as Grandma Steinmetz. And I'm like, if you wanted to see a movie that had Helen Hayes playing against Keenan Wynn and uh, an anthropomorphic Volkswagen Beetle, my friends. Is it Don Knotts in the second movie or is he in the third, third. movie? Okay. Don Knotts is in Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. And Herbie Goes Bananas. Uh, where, where in Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. Nobody is actually in Herbie Goes Bananas from the first three films. Um, but who is in it, I believe, is Charles Martin Smith. Uh, because Herbie Goes Bananas, which is the most racist of the films, mm-hmm. um, basically takes the main character's nephew. And he's like, oh, yeah, I inherited this car from my uncle. And his best friend is Charles Martin Smith. But it does have um, uh, Cloris Leachman in it. And it has Dean Wormer in it. It has a lot of really good villains. Harvey Corman is in it. And then Herbie goes on a tour of Mesoamerica, Mexico, and South America. And um, it does not necessarily hold yeah. up. How does, uh, how does there the were, old uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan entry into the franchise sit with you? There's there's no Lindsay Lohan movie. The last Herbie film uh, starred uh, Bruce Campbell, came out in 1997. See, you it have was to also consider it. Does, does, what, yeah. if you consider that, would that throw you off of. Uh... Like, are there more good Herbie movies than bad Herbie movies? No, uh, because the Bruce Campbell is a very good movie. The Love Bug is a very good movie. Monte Carlo is a Midland movie. Herbie Rides Again is a tour de force. It's the best of the set. And then Herbie Goes Bananas, very, very racist. Herbie Fully Loaded bothers me because of the anthropomorphic eyes. Mm. Where they and gave also the, 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 drunken, the drunken rants were also... Uh, uncalled for you know Lindsay does her thing and that's fine um i will say that it has the same villain as wild things so it's fun to imagine it being in the same universe oh nice where yeah where matt dylan this is what matt dylan did to end up uh down in the the plains where you know then nev campbell murdered him spoilers uh but yeah nonetheless i would say that Fully Loaded ranks pretty low. Bananas ranks pretty low. The rest of them are actually pretty okay movies. Um, when we got Disney Plus, first thing mm-hmm. we did was watch the Herbies. And for the most part, they, they held up. I mean, they kept the kid in the room for an hour, hour and a half. They didn't make it to the end of any of the films, but then I don't think the child has made it to the end of any film that I've wanted to watch in, what are they, 18 now? I'm going to say 19 years. But if, even if, you sat down and watched all of the Herbie movies. Uh, you could get really bored and do the five-episode Herbie the Love Bug TV show from 82. I don't know if it's available on DVD, so you probably can't. But nonetheless, I think you would have a better time than not. Uh, and, you know, Lindsay Lohan, it's fun to watch that movie and see where they digitally altered her clothing. So, you know, it's just like, hey, let's put a logo here. Wait, what? Okay. Do you know what... Uh, the how how the love bug was translated for that first original movie into Spanish, like what phrase they used, because love bug doesn't exist as a as a phrase. No, but I would love to know. Uh, it's el cupido motorizado, so it's motorized cupid. 
is what, <laughs> and it's basically I mean, what, what the series is known as. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I, I mean, got, that is. I mean, that's what in the first idea. movie, that's the right idea. Yeah, yeah in the first yeah. movie, that's exactly the first and the, the second movie actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because the second movie actually ends with a a wedding, if I'm not mistaken. Ken Barry marries one of the women from Knott's Landing. There you go. All right, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number four? Please don't say it's the love bug. Or, it is I'm sorry, not the mechanical cupid. Say it's the love bug. It is. It is not the motorized cupid. Um, but, but it is a movie that involves cars and love, and but that love is the love of family. Uh, <laughs> I am talking, of course, about the Fast and Furious movies. I think generally they're, the the consensus is they're called the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm talking, of course, about the Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Three fast, fast, Furious, Three Furious. Drink. Here We Furious four Again, fast, yeah. Furious, yeah, Furious, for, for a Fury, Furious Dollars More, yeah, for a Furious do- Dollars More, yeah. um, BJ Reven- and the Furious, yeah, Revenge of the Rock, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think there's one in there, Furious Ussi, that doesn't yeah. Look right, yeah, um, so yes, uh, Land Before Time. Right. Uh, a series little of foot, fur- little foot meets, meets Vin Diesel. <laughs> I am furious. Yellow. Uh, the the underground uh, prequel, the Iron Giant. Right. Furious is the fast, most beautiful um, color. Yeah. Fat, fast man and Robin. Uh, a yeah. logo, something like that. Uh, so yes, uh, there are in fact uh, now now the movies are in the double digits, I believe. Yeah, and. Um, what started as a pretty straightforward film about uh, family, D, D, no, no, <laughs> DEA no, agents. It's, yeah. it's about um, family. Like I think DEA agents like I- infiltrating a a an illegal racing thing. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the DEA. I don't remember. No, it was. It was but like but a, a government was, government yeah. agency. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like twenty one jump because they were they needed hip young agents. Yeah, yeah because they were, right. yeah. Uh, they were hijacking. They were hijacking not trains in the first movie. Uh, semis, right. semis full of electronic right. but, gear. But yeah. Lance from from Varsity Blues was like with the LAPD in the first one. I want to say. Yeah. So no, he was uh, FBI agent. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I'm first have to go back and watch it all sure. over Nobody again. See? Yep, you're going to have to. But but so so here's the deal. What started out as I was learning to say, what started out as a, as a film about uh like fast cars and furious uh, people and furious uh transistors um becomes uh, this like really wacky, really over the top, like completely unbelievable franchise where like uh car like a bunch of like cars drag a like building size safe across yes. <laughs> uh a, a, like through a street at top speed like it doesn't even slow them down yep. um cars drive from one building into another or possibly like on the side of a building for some amount of time um cars like parachute onto the arctic at some point and and i appreciate it because if you take the time to watch those movies you can see their priorities change but they actually change slowly enough that your priorities can change along with them um i feel like you know tokyo drift comes pretty early it's like the third movie yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um and 
it uh, kind of flips the script on us. We go to like a different country. It's like there's lots mm-hmm. of different stuff going. On. It's a different main character, um, and that one. If you can get through that one, not that it's bad, but it's like the best it one of the series. Of yeah. Um, if you can get through that one and then keep watching, then you know you can then uh, at your leisure go to uh, God. I forget what is it like something on Hob. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, the Fast and Furious presents Calvin and Hobbes, I believe. Yeah, the Fast you. and Furious presents uh, Jason Statham and Jason the Rock Statham Johnson. and The Rock. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's that's a spinoff off of the series. So yeah, I, I mean, it's like. It's easy to 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 look at Fast and Furious and and think of it as a joke, um, but again, if you're watching the movies in order, it isn't necessarily not a joke, and it just kind of easily transitions transitions you from one to the other. It's not like, for example, when you get a new Bond, and mm-hmm. like all of the priorities of the creative team change, right, from the Brosnan Bond to the uh, current Bond, um, it's a huge difference, right, and and often. Yeah between other bonds you know because they're like it's the 70s now we can't do this stuff anymore we're gonna change everything right and it's like fast and the furious doesn't do that it actually changes very slowly so it's interesting yeah every time bond regenerates we get like a whole new costume and we get a sequence where he's like oh who am i speaking of uh of main actors uh regenerating my number four the entire batman franchise uh, I don't know if we need to say too much about it. I think everybody who's listening knows all about the Batman and the many deaths of his parents and the woes and the and the the me's right. that happen uh, yeah. from the death of the rocketed parents. from the dead planet Gotham. Uh, he was bitten by a giant radioactive space spider. Come on now, everybody knows the story, Matthew. Let's let's, uh, and let's 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 how he became the Hulk. Yes, that's right. exactly. He drank oh, a we can bit make of fun of the Fast and Furious, but we can't. But Batman <laughs> is a yard too far. Is what you're telling me? Of course. You don't talk ill of the Batman. He'll come for you in the middle of the night, Matthew. You got to watch out. Anyway, now, do you Batman, start that series in 1966? No, because uh, uh, I, I start with 89 Batman. Um, oh. Only because the uh, first, the Adam West Batman uh, is more of a let's capitalize on this TV series. So I don't, because that's where it comes from, is from the TV series. I don't count that as the, uh, as the, uh, as the movie franchise Batman. So, so do you consider the, the Burton series, yeah, like the super old the, serials? Right. Oh no, no, like no, the, I don't. No, 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 not the, not the capital ones either. I start from 89 right, forward. So like the four Burton slash Schumacher movies, do yeah. you keep them as a piece with the, um, Oh yeah. They're all, even guy? all the reboots, all the reboots, all the cod pieces, all the nipple chest plates. Uh, they're all part of, of it. Uh, and then you, you know, go into the three Nolan movies and then Batman. Why, v why did you say that name? All of that. Okay. So what's your, well, uh, okay. yeah, there's, I, uh, I think what, what Matthew is getting at is there's Matthew no, Matthew is like, well, you didn't see 69 Batman. That's, why that's would I Matthew. say 69 Batman? That's just dirty. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that didn't show in, uh, in our town. Yeah. You had to go to the big city to see the 69 yeah. Batman. Either that or you had to rent it like on a yeah. VHS from a guy down by the river. Hey, Matthew, what do you have I, I number think... three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three is kind of unique because uh, it started out as basically just a fly-by-night horror movie, but the audiences really, really responded to it. And 
somehow it blew up into something much bigger. And over the course of, I think, seven and a half movies now, because there's one in the in the can or being made or some such, the Night of the Living Dead series may be the most successful franchise to come out of a movie that literally cost $18.95. Not to get into, but to make. The original uh, Night of the Living Dead was made by George Romero and like nine guys that he knew from high school in 1967. And it is honestly the origin of the modern pop culture zombie, the flesh eating, the, oh no, I've been bitten by a zombie. All of these things, the, oh, people die and then they rise up again. You have to shoot them in the head to stop them. All of this comes out of that movie. And what a lot of people I think don't recognize is after that first movie, there's like a decade of nothing. Dawn of the Dead doesn't come out for another 10 years, but after Dawn of the Dead, we start getting these regular, like, every half decade or so, we pop back in. So there's Dawn of the Dead. Day of the Dead comes out in 85. Then we jump to Land of the Dead, which is a good 20 years, but then they make up for it with Diary of the Dead, which is basically the real world when people started to stop being polite and start getting eaten. Uh, and then, of course, we get to the big, what was the big one that uh, What's-His-Face did? Survival of the Dead or Flam of the Dead? Stephen and I had a long discussion about the uh, Zack Snyder of the Dead movie. Yeah. And I can't remember what it is. It's technically... I thought it was, thought it was Day of the Dead again. Yeah, he did Day of the Dead. He did Day of the Dead, but he then did he Dawn did of like the Dead, a, Day of the Dead. He did Dawn of the Dead, he did, and then he did a quasi uh, Rise of the Planet of the Dead, Dead and Dead right. Again, Dead by Dawn. Right. Um, too yeah. Dead, Too Furious. Yep, exactly. Um, uh, dead uh, Dead Man Returns. Are you talking about dead the one with, um, with King Koopa in it? The one that you're always trying to tell me to watch because it's basically a, a dead guy bank heist or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. That one's yeah, a good one. Yeah, the, with the Dave Batista. Yeah. Oh. Apparently, uh, apparently, the one that is in the works reputedly uh, is based on the late George Romero's treatment, something that he had put together to try and tie things in that make sense because he was not happy with the the way survival of the dead tied up his chunk of the story and i'm i'm talking mostly about the romero films but there are a ton of little spiky offshoots uh return of the living dead part two is one of the most enjoyable trashy movies you'll ever watch i i highly recommend it i don't know if i call it part of this yeah quote franchise but it's the there. return of the the return of the living dead movies are pretty different right they're like yeah. the 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 zombies have like different rules, and I think some they can talk sometimes. Yeah, send more they're cops. Getting, they're getting yeah. uh, they're getting smarter. That's they're getting the whole, smarter. That's a whole yeah. part part when you get to King Koopa uh, zombies. King Koopa zombies. Yeah, and Dennis, then of course you do uh, have. Hopper. There's a remake of Night of the Living Dead from 1990 with uh, different people surviving, so different people dying and different people oh, living, nice. which is interesting. And then, of course, there's a, a Marvel that is supposed to be canonically canonical, written by Romero, a Marvel comic book series uh, that brought the living dead, but also somehow brought us into vampires. So I don't know if I actually finished that. But if you get a chance to just sit down and watch all of the Night of the Living Dead movies back to back, first of all, I, it won't take you all the way till Christmas. But it will keep you up nights because they are some creepy, creepy films. All right. And if you do 
chance to watch Night of the Living Dead, make sure you're not watching the weird version that's been in the public domain that's like a guy who made a copy of a copy of a copy. There is actually a really good print out there, and I think Retroplex plays it, that has some returned scenes that had been taken out through the uh, the video that kind of circulated around in the, the keep zombie circulating dance sequence. Yeah. The zombie dance sequence. And then the part where, you know, the zombie is like, it's all about family and I'm going to eat yours. And then Batman shows up and kills all the zombies. Right. Yeah. All right. Very no, cool. I'm pretty sure Batman got eaten. Um, all right. We are into our number threes. Rodrigo has already shared his number three. My number three is the Spider-Man franchise uh, ranking above the Batman franchise. Cause I think that there are more, Spider-Man movies that are uh, good, then there are Spider-Man movies that are bad. And it, like it, has, it has a better percentage because yeah. there are so and many th- Batman movies. I right? think it's yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Batman, I think you're probably looking at sixty-five percent of uh, of them are good movies. I think mm-hmm. with Spider-Man, you're probably looking at sixty-seven to seventy percent of the sure. Spider-Man movies. And of course, there are some of them, like the greatest uh, movie of all time, Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, is, uh, you know, 500% better than any other movie ever made. So, you know, it kind of drags all the rest of the Spider-Mans with it. Yeah. So None of that sissy Citizen Kane or Koyana Squatsy nonsense here. Yeah, none of that. We want only good Spider-Man movies on our list, and Spider-Mans are pretty good. So that's why it's my number three movie franchise. All right, before we get into our number twos, I just want to remind you that we do have a Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers is where you can go for extra stuff, behind-the-scenes conversations, and access to secret Discord servers and secret Discord server channels. Uh, A little bit. Just a couple of bucks a month keeps us going. We certainly could use it. We got new T-shirts on the way in 2022, 2023, kicking off in July. You'll be uh, wanting to get one of those. Find out more when you become a patron and join us over at Patreon.com. Slash major spoilers. All right, Matthew, what do you have for your number two? Uh, my number two movie is one of the, I think you can easily say one of the formational bits of pop culture in my life because I'm a, I was born in 1970, like all the old people. So in 1994, I was in my early 20s. The world was our oyster. We were the Generation X, and we were going to change things, or at the very least, we were going to... No, we weren't. That's why we were going to be the Generation X. We just sat around and did nothing. You sat around and did nothing. I sat around and did nothing with style. And so when Clerks came out in 1994, uh, telling the story of... um, How shall I put this? Jobs that don't necessarily have the satisfaction that you might expect. Uh, please stand by. Allow me to transfer you at this time. Uh, that movie really, really stuck with me. And it's another film that was made for like, you know, 17, I think it was 27 grand is what he yeah, spent. Yeah, 27, 30,000, somewhere around there. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, hawked his comic book collection, uh, had cars that were washed out in the flood and used the money from that and blah, 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 blah. But basically it starts this, what what Kevin and fans refer to as the Viewisk universe, which feels a little haughty um, for for this particular universe, and of course, there's a lot of different things to be found in this. It's 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 a weird if you call it a franchise, and I do. It's a weird one because Clerks is kind of this you know day to day thing that's that has this weird dark thread under it. Mallrats is just flat out goofy meatballs comedy. 
Chasing Amy tries to be a complicated rom-com and almost, almost makes the shot. Dogma ends up being this weird kind of, I don't know, almost quasi-religious thing where they're not even quasi. I mean, literally God is in it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it tries to be this, this story examining religion and what it means. And then, of course, you jump to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is the story of two stoners and a monkey hitchhiking across the United States. You know, by the time you get to the end of this, you get to Clerks 2. Clerks 2 ends up being a coming-of-age story where you fall in love with Rosario Dawson. And who, born in the 70s, doesn't want that? You know, um, I honestly can't remember anything about Jay and Silent Bob reboot except that it had Kevin Smith's daughter playing Jay's daughter, I believe, something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah, which, uh, uh, you know, if I were famous, I'd make my kid famous too. Um, I can't necessarily throw much at that, but it's also got interesting stuff going on, but it just it did not necessarily stick with me other than uh, Val Kilmer and Melissa Benoist as Blunt Man and Chronic. That I thought was hilarious. Um, but yeah, when you when you do get to that point where you're like, can I take these as a like a piece as one whole big long story? Absolutely not. But if you enjoy it the way that um, I, I'm going to say the Pennsylvania Dutch people love a nice quilt where everybody brings their own square and the squares come together and the whole is greater than the sum of its parts then you can use the phrase view as universe and only feel ridiculously pretentious and not overwhelmingly pretentious, but yeah, go watch clerks. It's great. All right, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number two movie franchise? My number two movie franchise, uh, is probably not surprising to find on my list, but maybe surprising that it's number two instead of number one. And that's, uh, the bill and Ted movies. Mm. Um, Bill I am and Ted. That that's not number one. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and now Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, I mean, I don't have much to say about them. If you like them, then you like them, and they're all good, and they're all kind of made with the same, I don't know, ethos. It's weird to say um, about movies like this, but they are. It's these uh, fundamentally very good people who are also just absolute idiots uh, in Bill and Ted um, and they have misadventures through space and time and the underworld and the afterlife and everywhere else um, in an attempt to make the future a better place. Um, it's a weirdly hopeful series. Um, it's a um, it's an extremely quotable series, mm -hmm. um, and it, it very much fits together, right? Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music uh, has some retcons and is also probably the most ignorable if you just want to have the first two, but you don't have to. Face the Music is pretty good, um, although you can see right where they ran up into their budget. Oh, <laughs> It it kind of feels like we're gonna have like another half hour of movie, and then they're like, "Nope, wrap it up." And I'm like, all right, okay, yeah. Doesn't cool. that also have Kevin Smith's daughter in it? Uh, does it have Kevin Smith's daughter in it? I don't it? know I, if she's in that or not. Don't know. 
It has uh, the girl. I don't remember what the other movie she's in was. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, probably as a, as a feature, it has. It, it kind of moves the story from Bill and Ted to their daughters, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know Ru- Rufus's daughter is also in it. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's some interesting stuff there. Uh, so yeah, Bill and Ted, my number two uh, movie franchise. It does not show her in the Bill and Ted movies, Matthew. So okay. sorry. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, the actress who played Rufus's daughter. Maybe uh, I know. I know that's not her, but her voice is kind of similar. Yeah, it's like Kristen Shaw is. Yeah, Rufus's music. Yeah, um, and yeah. then uh, some Samara Weaving, who is like I think really blowing up right oh, now. Yeah, is, she's uh, the one who looks like Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, I know her. I've seen her murder people in like four different movies. Yeah, bah, yeah, she's doing good in those movies. Then oh, they're good movies. There's one where she like has to kill her mother-in-law, played by Sigourney Weaver. Huh. All right, my number there's, two there's again. It's a franchise we thought was going to end, and then it just kept going on and going on and going on. And as of right now, uh, I think this movie franchise will go on. Until uh, our son goes supernova. And at which point there will still probably be three more films in the franchise that uh, Lucasfilm says they're going to make. I am, of course, talking about Star Wars. Uh, You know, I think that there is if we look at the movies uh, in just in groups of three, you know, first trilogy, second trilogy, last trilogy, and then the individual bits, you know, the the rogue ones. Yes, exactly. Uh, Last Supper where Obi-Wan says, please, I've got the high ground, Anakin. Um, uh, There is a Star Wars for every generation. I know that's a Buffy kind of line right there. But, uh, you know, I think that this is something that is a franchise that is long lasting, that is ongoing, that will never go away. And even your kids' kids at some point are going to be introduced into a new trilogy of Star Wars uh, films, and that will be their gateway into everything Star Wars. Uh, Other, you know, other people younger than anybody on this show, uh, 9, 10, 11, or whatever it is, uh, the last three uh, are the the gateway for them. Uh, For my youngest, surprisingly, he's totally into episode four. I mean, I I walked downstairs thinking he was watching Obi-Wan Kenobi today. Nope. He was watching uh, Star Wars uh, New Hope. And I was like, ah, cool. Um, So, yeah, Star Wars. It's made a million billion dollars. Uh, You know, box office numbers, uh, actual money. It's never made a single dollar, according to Lucasfilm and Disney. But the, uh, the Star Wars franchise. I think uh, deserves to be in that in that top two spot. So that's why it is my number two. Hmm. All right. We have hit our number ones. What movie franchise will be on everyone's number one list? Where are going to be the surprises? What's going to be missing? We're about to find out right now. Matthew, what do you have for your number one? I think that people who know me and I think that people who think of franchise in the current modern parlance are going to be surprised that it took this long for there to be a superhero series on my list. But more importantly, I don't think they're going to be in any way surprised with this superhero's origin, except in as much as that it's not Super Sentai. Um, It is, however, created by the same man, Shotaro Ishinomori, because my number one franchise is 
the Common Writer film series, currently clocking in at 68 mm-hmm. movies since 1971. Basically, 50 years worth of Common Writer flicks. Um, many of them were in theaters. There are actually more that didn't go to theaters. But I think the thing that you have to look at in terms of, especially superheroes, which is kind of my my area of, of expertise, I had a I had an instructor in college who said, "Be a T-shaped man, you have a wide base of knowledge, but then an era where an area where you have great depth." And my depth is dudes in funny hats. And so, <laughs> throughout the history of your your common writer, each year for several years, you got a new common writer, and then there was this long pause, and then boom, like in four years, three cinematic films, and then. When they relaunched in 2001 with Kamen Rider Kyuga, since then they have had Kamen Rider on television with two or three films in the theaters every single year. And there are like, yeah, there's hundreds of Kamen Riders because um, the main, the first season, Kamen Rider was at a point where you didn't have uh, suit actors, you didn't have stuntmen. So the guy who played Kamen Rider, broke his legs, was very, very badly wounded and could not continue working. And they're like, oh, what do we do? Oh, here's his old buddy who all of a sudden now magically is also a common writer. So the fact that that first series had common writer one and common writer two, it became commonplace to have two writers and then four writers. And then by the time you get to uh, one series, it's 13 writers in the main series fighting each other uh that's the one that became um what is it masked rider knight or masked rider dragon rider something i think it's last masked rider fury road it's fury no i think it's too masked too writerous but if you have never watched a common writer i'm going to be honest with you This may not be the time to start because they're in the middle of a 50th anniversary season and they just crossed over with a 45th anniversary season of Super Sentai. And I literally need a slide rule, a scorecard and like three bottles of beer to try and keep up with what's going on in Kamen Rider. But if nothing else, sometime this year, actually early next year, I believe there's going to be a new film like in theaters, theoretically around the world in theaters for the 50th anniversary, Shin Kamen Rider. And if you go and watch this movie, it will have a man dressed like a bug on a really, really powerful little dirt bike. And I think that will give you the whole thing. So if nothing else, 68 movies will explain to you the wonder of a man dressed as a giant grasshopper doing wheelies in his backyard. And that's why Common Rider is my number one franchise. All right, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number one? Uh, yeah, so earlier I talked about um, what, what I think makes for a successful franchise, uh, especially when you start with horror, is to then turn it into an action movie and then maybe have the next one be something else suspense movie or something right or or double down on the action maybe um so yeah that that like change it still applies to this franchise but amazingly really what's what's really interesting about my number one is that 
every movie that they come out with is basically the same movie and that doesn't seem to impact whether it's good or bad like whether it's good or bad <laughs> seems like a random roll of the die and that's uh, the terminator films right terminator t2 terminator 3 um salvation genesis uh and i forget what this latest two, one was two term to a nader uh dark fate or dark dark fate yep so yeah uh a lot of those middle ones were not great right terminator 1 was good terminator 2 i feel uh is the supreme terminator movie and no terminator movie afterwards has been as good dun, 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 um, dun. yeah uh, Terminator 3 wasn't great. Um, they keep... Uh, Terminator Genesis is like... It, it really is like Terminator fanfic. It's like every Terminator yeah. ever is there. Some new Terminators yeah. get... Uh, Terminator High Father, Terminator yep. Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is like yeah. that, right? And and it's like... And it, and it what features if, an obvious launching hook for a new series that never materialized, which... Yeah. Ugh. So... So yeah, it's uh, you know there's a lot of stuff going on, but at its core, a lot of the Terminator movies are either okay to very good, and I do feel that there are more good Terminator movies than bad Terminator movies, just because every once in a while the hodgepodge of of studio execs and and nonsense that just tries to recycle the Terminator stuff hits on something that at least I like. Um, so yeah. Terminator. It's again surprising because you know maybe maybe that's it. Some series uh, are able to evolve, like the Fast and Furious films, and, and you might say like ha 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 evolve, but but it has it has turned into something else to keep up with the times. Terminator hasn't. Terminator. Every Terminator movie you see is probably going to be the exact same movie, and eighteen wheeler is going to get blown up. You know, maybe maybe instead of that, they'll drop the 18-wheeler from an airplane and they'll have to fight while everything's like falling off of a cargo plane, right? Or yeah. something like that. Ludacris um, is uh, flying into space. Yeah, but it's it's basically the same movie. Uh, so yeah, Terminator. It's uh, good times. Yeah, all right. My number one should come as no surprise to anyone. Unfortunately, it's only the, it's the only movie in my list that only had two entries in it. Uh, but I still think that those two movies uh, tell you everything you need to know about the franchise. And it's unfortunate that they never continued the franchise after that, uh, because why would you, after, after all? Uh, all you need are two Indiana Jones movies, and you don't need anything after that. Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. That's all. That's all you need. Uh, who loves swashbuckling, uh, stealing of ancient artifacts from uh, uh, tombs of other civilizations and screaming they belong in a museum? Uh, everybody, uh, especially if you're going to punch some Nazis along the way. Indiana Jones, the number one movie franchise on my list. I, I just never know. why. I mean, Star Wars is so popular. Never understood why they didn't make any more Indiana Jones movies after that second one. Probably because it was too scary. You know, reaching into a guy's chest, ripping out his heart, letting it catch on fire. Ugh. Little little kid in a minecart. I mean, that's that's horrible right there too. Um, monkey brains that you're eating for a delicacy. Ooh, I can see why you don't uh, continue after that because interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what were your top five movie franchises? You can head over to the Major Spoilers Discord server. You can join the Major Spoilers Discord server for free. Pop into the top five channel and share your list of your top five movie franchises. Everyone will share theirs as well. Everyone will read each other's comments on everybody else's. Why? I think it's obvious at this point. Everybody loves a list. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.